Disclaimer. In this chapter, we will be discussing multiple murders. The details may be triggering for some listeners. This will be the only warning, so please do not listen if you're sensitive to this topic. Today is the story of how a bunch of online gamers caught a murderer a little too late. Oh, wow. I think this is another one I haven't heard of. Yeah. <laughs> so many of us online gamers, and I say us because me too, me too, uh, use an app called Discord. You can join a broad Discord for a game and also create your own servers for you and your online friends. Oh, really? It's to call people, group call. I've heard of Discord. Like yeah. I've been invited to Discord um, through a true <laughs> crime community. Yeah, yeah, and there's Discord for even that went. stuff now. I never went to it, but I was invited to one. Yeah, and, you know, they probably use it to share photos and theories and stuff like yeah. that. Interesting. Yeah. So you can call, message, video chat, and even stream your screen to others in the server using Discord. Menhaz Zama was considered a troll online. Some said he was the funny guy, but he more so just tried to be a funny person. The jokes were offensive and extremely racist, specifically to Muslims. Menhaz played a game called Perfect World, A Deadly Game. And there were moderators for this game chat who would take complaints, and they said that they did receive multiple for this guy, this monster. Mm-hmm. Menhaz would refer Muslim culture as a cancer to society and claim that Islamic people should be tested before they are accepted in modern countries like Syria. He was a major troll. Wow. Okay. That's the best way to describe this guy. He tried to say things to offend people and he tried to, you know, get under people's skin. It's important to mention that the moderators were there for the game, but they couldn't do anything about like things said in Discord as it's separate from the game. Right. Right. One woman named Nicole was in the Discord and would play with the group. She was a major part in sending police to Menhaz's home when it became necessary. We will get into that after. Now, one of the moderators named Austin was friends with Menhaz and showed him favoritism by banning him only temporarily after he received those complaints. Right. Anybody else would have done that. They would have been banned permanently. Austin later stated that he believed Menhaz had no other life other than his online one. So he truly believed that he had no friends and no other outlet than the game. He said he pretty much had a soft spot for him for that reason. So felt sorry for him. Yeah, so let him back into the game. It's a game where you all run around and you all chat and, you know, like, it's your your community. Nicole confirmed that anyone else doing and saying the same things would have received that permanent banning that I was talking about. Like, she did interviews. All of these people did interviews. She was like, if I had said half of what he said, I'd be banned. Right. Uh, And when Menhas came back, he reportedly was acting normal, chatting away and just playing the game. But on July 27th, 2019, that all changed. In Discord, Menhas told John... That today was the day. John is another dude who plays the game. 
Okay, there are so many people in this Discord who end up working to try and get the police to that house where these murders are happening. And so John is just another one of those players. Okay, okay. Okay. In Discord, Menhez told John that today was the day. He was going to, quote, kill my parents and go to jail, yo. Wow. Yep. So he expected to get caught. Yes. There's there's a lot to it. Um, but yeah, no, for sure he expected to get caught. Hmm. Um, they're all playing, not thinking too much of what he said because he was always this troll. You know, he, he said similar things in the past too, and they always assumed that he was trolling. But that is when he started posting pictures in Discord. The first image portrayed a woman laying on the floor on her back with her arms out. A fan on her right and her shoulder would have been on top of a fan leg. Her hair was sprawled out and thick amounts of blood had pooled around her neck and head and down her left shoulder. Blood covered her neck and a kitchen knife was laid next to her head on the left side, covered in blood. The woman was obviously dead and the caption read, this is my mom. And now I'm going to show you that photo with the face blurred out. Shocking. So here is the first photo that he sent Discord. Oh my gosh. It's messed up. So there's a way that you can crop that and put it somewhere that we can link it. I don't want to. I mean, they can, you guys can, listeners can find this online, but I personally don't think we should post dead bodies. I don't know. Fair. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> okay. Same page, same page. Um, so once that photo sent, John said, bro, is it a prank or not? We're friends. Just tell me. To which men has confirmed it's not a prank. John went to another Discord server and told a group what had just happened. This group included Nicole. Nicole had taken a nap. And when she woke up, she had a bunch of notifications from Discord. People asked her if she had seen the photos from Menhaz, and she hadn't yet. So she figured Menhaz did some trolling that got some people going, you know, got them hyped up. Because everybody was talking about it. It's kind of starting to sound like the don't fuck with cats thing. That one woman who just happened to not look at her whatever she was on for Facebook for a while. And then when she looked, she had like a hundred notifications. You got to check this out. You got to check this out. Yeah, exactly. That turned out to be a a video of some dude killing kittens. Yeah. Disturbing. One person named Maroon, who lived in Israel, received a message from Menhaz that asked if he wanted pics. I know. I don't know. He's actually, I do kind of know. He's a narcissist. Um, Maroon said, yeah, okay. And he received the photo of the mother as well. By this point, Nicole had caught up in the group chat and seized the picture. Uh, John had sent it to this other group that Nicole was a part of Mm -hmm. to be like, look at what men has is like saying and sending me. Wow. Most people thought it was a prank. And everyone was telling everyone else, like, get out of bed. Come look at this. We don't know if it's real or not. What do you think? And they're all freaking out a little bit. But, I mean, they all, at this point, I think it's safe to say, thought that it was a prank, a troll. Um, 
but then Menhas sends another photo. This one is similar to the first, but it is his grandmother. And I will show you that photo now. So again, it, it's, it's gross, but it's not as gory as the first one. Some people thought it was fake and others didn't. Nicole was more disturbed at the second photo. She couldn't understand why he would keep a horrible prank going. She was also a criminology student with some experience with forensics, and she believed the photos to be real, but was hoping he just took these photos from a previously committed crime on some kind of like gore website. Mm -hmm. An old true crime story, if you will. John was telling everyone this is real. He was saying, we need to do something. This isn't trolling. And, you know, if it is trolling, this level of trolling could send him to jail. Like, this dude needs to go to jail. Yeah. He sent the photos to Nicole and asked her if they were real and what kind of wounds they are, because he knew that she had that background. Nicole said lacerations with a knife, but that the images could be from a shock site. Right. Yes. Yeah. They reverse searched the images and nothing pulled up. She continued looking and found nothing. She was knowledgeable in her search. So, you know, she she knows sites to go on, like Russian sites and stuff like that, yeah. for almost like the dark web, even. to she, Her search was thorough. Right. Nothing came up. So when nothing came up, they knew their friend was a mass murderer. And she then confirmed with John that this was real. John said they needed to call the police, and some people still didn't think it was real and thought they'd all get in trouble for reporting something fake. John didn't care. It's very important to note that, like, these people aren't from America, they're not from Canada, they're from around the world, and they're not quite sure what to do. Right. I don't know that I would know what to do. Yeah, I know. It would be such a confusing thing. And they get there in the end. But if they had, like, by chance gotten there at the beginning, they might have been able to save at least two lives. Right. At least one life. Maybe even two, I guess I should say. So the hard part was figuring out how to tell the police. They don't know, you know, how Canada police or American police works. So Austin, the moderator lived in Texas, and he had no idea what to do, but he did call the police five hours after the photos were sent to Discord. So they did a lot of talking. They spent a lot of time searching, reverse searching uh, the images, trying to figure out if it was real or not, and then he eventually called the police. Right. They didn't know where, um, you know, Menhaz lived. They didn't know his full name. They didn't even know if Menhaz was his real name or just a gamer profile tag. Um, so the operator didn't take him serious. He offered someone to come look at his computer and they pretty much said, you only have a portion of a name and no information. And Austin said that they ended up hanging up on him. Wow. And he later said he couldn't believe it. He, he was shocked. He got angry at how the police didn't take it seriously. He didn't know what else to do. If you call the police and they hang up on you, what are you left to do? That's right. And like, what else can you do? You've done everything yeah. that you can do. They keep trying. Mm -hmm. But good on him for even trying, you know, as much as he did after the police hung up on him. Like, But, you know, they're watching this family pretty much get murdered in front of them and they don't know what the hell to do. So, because he had waited five hours to call it in, is it known if that five hours cost more lives, or did he, did this Menace guy 
wait to kill more people. He waited. Oh. Oh, it goes on. Oh, wow. So they then decided to bring in someone named Junior to their Discord as Junior was Menhaz's best friend in-game. Junior was also a massive troll who was negative and rude, but they needed his help. Junior and Menhaz spoke every day and would troll people together. Junior was struggling with leukemia and stated Menhaz helped him through it. He was alone. His parents would always be working and, you know, that was just his friend. Right. Junior messaged Menhaz and said that everyone was messaging him about his prank and he stated he was worried and needed a reply from Menhaz. So he kind of spammed him a bit like, hey, dude, bro, are you okay? Like, tell me what's going on. And Menhaz confirms to Junior that he has killed two of his four family members and that he's about to kill his dad and sister. The gamers were rushing at this point to find out his information and where he lived as they were now trying to save two lives. He was very open with what his plan was, so they were like, holy crap, they're not dead yet and we could try and stop this. People started looking back at chat logs with Menhaz to see if they had any information on him. Did he ever mention his last name? Did he ever mention where he lived? Any of it. But they couldn't find anything. The only thing that they really did find is that he would probably be in an Eastern Standard Time Zone. Uh, But that didn't really narrow it down enough because that covers a lot of ground. They then realized that they could access his IP address as Maroon had access to all players of the game. Maroon hadn't done this before, but with the help of Austin, the two worked together on getting the IP address. The approximate location came back as a general address and it said Toronto, Canada. Oh, wow. Toronto is huge, though, so they still didn't really know what to do. Junior was still talking to Menhaz and was trying to help him. But Menhaz said he didn't need help anymore. He stated his sister would be home in five minutes. Shortly after, Menhaz joined the game to play. <laughs> so he started playing. Wow. This allowed Austin to trace his location again to try and pinpoint where he was while logged in. All of these people playing are panicking. They know the sisters do home and they feel like they're fighting against the clock. The IP address is tracked to Rogers, his provider, instead of his home. Oh, so, that's bizarre. So he must have had a VPN or something? like a. Um, must have. Because you know what? Later when police do the same thing, when finally they're able to tell police what's going on, the police pretty much have to start their investigation the same way that the gamers did. You know, tracking um, the account where it came from and they also get sent back to rogers his provider and then they're but the police are the police and they're able to contact rogers and say give us the information of menhas and where he lives did the did the toronto police get on it a lot quicker because i mentioned that don't fuck with cats before um it was quebec like montreal and then also toronto and ontario that were involved in that and Mm -hmm they kind of drug their asses a little bit um, because it was just online people that were giving them these tips. So you'd think after that situation where it was very real that they would start taking this stuff a little bit more seriously. Yeah, I wouldn't say that they dragged their ass on it, but they definitely in their interviews said, we didn't know what to expect if it was just going to be fake because it was coming from a bunch of gamers or mm. if it was going to be real but no they definitely they got on top of it they 
you know, they started with Discord. They sent an email to Discord and then Discord automatically sent an email back stating, we will get back to you within 30 minutes. And they were requesting Menhaz's information or IP address, sorry. And then Discord sent the IP address. And then from there, they went to Rogers. And then from Rogers, they were able to go to the home. Uh, and I will go into that timeline a little bit in a bit here. So yeah, Rogers in Toronto. Menhaz then says BRB in the game. So be right back. They all wait anxiously. He comes back after a bit and he messages John stating his sister came home and she was a trooper and it was a tough battle. Wow. Yeah. Do you imagine getting that message? I know. I'd be like, you're fucked. I I don't think I'd be able to play it cool like Mm -hmm. John did. They were all scared and many people in the group chat just kept trying to get information. John received another picture directly, this time of Menhaz's sister, dead. And now I'll show you that photo. So this is her. There's a little bit of a story to this one, so take a look at how there's clothes around her and stuff like that. Her green shirt. So she had actually, he was waiting for her to come home from work. That is her uniform. She wasn't at school, she was at work? She was at work, yeah. Did you blur the faces out or did the... No, they did. But you can find like family photos and stuff if you want to like just see the family together. Um, but as you can see, so her body is laying in like clothes and pillows and stuff. And Menhaz later says to the Discord that he pretty much did that because it was messy. Sorry for all the blood. I covered it up with photo or with uh, with clothes. Hmm. It's just weird. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so Nicole stated that this picture was different. Her throat was slashed. She was more messed up. There was obviously a struggle. And it was in a different part of the house, obviously. Um, and that matched up what he said to John when he said that, you know, she was a fighter. She was a trooper. Huh. She would have fought for 10 minutes, they believe. And she was still in her uniform from work. At this point, John was messaging Menhas to say, like, what are you doing? Like, how could you do this? Your family doesn't deserve this. And Menhas pretty much just said, like, she cried and I had to get the job done. I did it because I had to get the job done. I had to do it. Um, Do we, and I'm not spoiler alerting, but do we get to find out why? Does he give a reason eventually? (laughs) Um, Honestly, I think that. like yeah you'll get your answer in a way but like that is the big question that infuriates police and everybody along the way okay men has said hopefully i'll stop shaking when my dad is dead that's good he had some kind of a physical physiological maybe a reaction to murdering his female family members it was only adrenaline it was adrenaline He was almost like he was, it was, yeah, it was just adrenaline that he was shaking from. Um, Little pig. Yeah. And his dad was due home within the hour. Men has said that he actually had gotten off the phone with his dad who confirmed that he'd be home in an hour. John kept trying to get more information. Again, trying to save at least one life. He was asking for photos of everything and anything to try and pinpoint where men has lived. Menhaz was saying, okay, but promise you won't snitch because I don't want to get caught early. Meaning, don't send the police to my house before I have the chance to kill my dad. 
He sent photos of the knife, a crowbar, and a selfie of himself holding the knife. And now I'll show you those photos. Crowbar. And there's some blood on it. And then the knife. And notice the gloves in the back with blood. He used like these big rubber gloves. Mm. Here is the selfie of him holding the knife. Does he have blood on his face or anything? No. Weirdly enough, he does not. So I sent all those photos, and then John tried to convince Menhaz not to kill his father, who is now only 30 minutes away from home. John asked him why he was doing this and asked him if he had any mental disorders. Menhaz said he didn't have any, and he said, quote, I need to end his life so he doesn't suffer knowing he raised a son who killed his entire family. Like what? I know, it's crazy. Men has found out John was sharing the photos with others and stopped replying to him. Austin, again, who was in Texas, so the person who made that call who got hung up on, received a video call from Menhaz. Austin said that his face was blank and he was talking like a robot. He showed him the knife, which was a chef's knife, and then Menhaz showed him the blood and bodies. He was saying, like, do you want me to get closer and just being crazy? Austin was telling him to stop and telling him it wasn't like Menhaz to do this, but nothing got through to him. Menhaz said he was nervous as he wanted to make sure he knocked his dad out before his dad could fight back. Menhaz went into that a little bit more while on the phone, talking about how, you know, he was he was worried that his dad, you know, would get the one up on him. It was finally right. the male of the... Right. House. He wanted to make sure that he got behind him when he did the initial blow and that the first hit knocked him out completely so that there was absolutely nothing more to it. Men has then hung up abruptly. So everybody was freaking out. So after he hung up, an hour passed since any contact was made between Men has and any of the other gamers. Uh, no one heard anything about the dad and they still had some hope. And of course, that's when another photo comes through. John tells the others they were all too late as Menhaz had killed his father. And now I will show you that photo. Again, the gloves are visible. And this time he has laid the knife on top of the body. Mm. It's weird. Very twisted. Twisted. And like the glove in the back with the blood and then one glove almost resting on his father's hand. Almost like I feel like he did that on purpose. Yeah. Um, it almost looks like his hand is resting on um, his father's hand almost to com comfort him. But instead of his hand, it's this big, thick glove covered, covered in, in blood. blood. Yeah. Yeah. He's twisted. So... People started contacting players in U.S. and Canada to call the police. They figured that it was one of those two due to the Eastern Standard Time. Someone then remembered one player that went by the name Dante is from Minnesota. So they reached out to him to call the police on July 28, 1222 a.m. This all started July 27th, but now we're in the very, very early hours of July 28th. So yeah. He called the police in America. America said, let me get you to the police in Toronto. And then... I mean, really, he did what he could do. Yep. 
And same with the dispatcher, like you don't have a name, you don't have an address, you don't have a phone number. Um, I'm sorry you had to see all that and we're going to do everything we can. But But what else can we do? That's right. But so this is a point where the police get involved and they are able to track down the location. Like I told you, you know, they go to Discord, they get the IP address, then they go to Rogers and then from Rogers, they go to the home. Right. It's 3 p.m. the next day when they find out that the home is located in Markham, Ontario. So basically a suburb of, of Toronto. Exactly. Officers go to the scene on July 28th, arriving at 3.30 p.m. to a two-story home. The officers go to the scene on July 28th, arriving at 3.30 p.m. to a two-story home. One officer sees a male by the window upstairs, and he motions to him to come down. Menhaz sends one last message stating that the police are here and says goodbye to his online friends. Wow. Police said that he came down and he was nonchalant. No emotion, no nothing. Officers asked if his family was okay, to which he says, quote, you'll see. <sighs> wow. Police find the massacre and arrest Menhaz. So there's videos of him in the back of the police car and he truly looks evil and like he's just like chilling. Like he's not upset. He's just kind of like looking around and just a narcissist. Hmm. Menhaz was, uh, I believe, 22 years old when he was arrested. So um, he was a little bit older and he was supposed to be going to college at the time. And I'll get into that in a second. The online gamers found out through the news when he finally was arrested. They felt relief that he was caught and they pretty much said that the police left them hanging a little bit. So like they had no idea until everybody else knew. Right. They just kind of had to live with that. And that's, I mean, unfortunately pretty typical. If Standard, the police for sure. had to like follow up with every person that gave tips. Like there's just no way. No, no. Um, this was the first real confirmation that it was real, though. So they were all obviously traumatized by this event. Like, some of them were still holding on to, like, the fact that their entire night may have just been a traumatic prank, prank. troll event. Right. And now you see this, and it's like, holy crap. This was real. This is real. I've seen dead bodies. This is horrifying. And for normal people who aren't like us, that would be kind of traumatizing i would think i think i would i think it would be even traumatizing for me because we're seeing blurred faces photos you know like other things happen to your facial expressions and stuff like that when you pass away those photos are probably way way worse well probably you know what i mean i'm just saying like you i don't know have you never seen i have but i guess it would just be different if it was somebody that I gamed with it. online all the time, and then I knew that that was the dad just as he had died. I yeah. guess it would just get to me. I would overthink You're it. You're getting that these way. pictures real time from the murderer would be extremely traumatizing. Traumatizing. Yeah, yeah it's horrible. Um, but during the interrogation, Menhaz is clearly able to state that he is in police custody because he killed his four family members. And the police officer that gets interviewed explains and describes the murder type that Menhaz has done and his type of killing as the family annihilator. Right. 
Makes sense. So there's different types of people who kill their family and there's different words and um, descriptions for it. But he specifically was the family annihilator. That term is specifically um, pointed out through the fact that men has had severe narcissism tendencies. Same as Chris, Chris Watts. Was he also family annihilator? He is family annihilator, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. When the police ask him why he did it, and by it, I mean murder his entire family, he states that that's the part he'd like to remain silent on. His narcissism shows through the entire interrogation, and he's not very forthcoming at all. He did it, and that's that. Like, he, he won't, he's not saying he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, no, I killed them. But he's more like, send me to jail. Like, I did it. That is what it is. Mm-hmm. And he, when you watch the interrogation, because I know you will after this, he's just a little bitch. Like, he's just so fucking rude. <laughs> like, he's like, I'd like to remain silent on that. And, you know, the officer naturally is, uh, he'll start asking him some questions, but then he'll wrap it around. Okay, well, then I just don't understand yeah. if you love your sister. Because he asked him, what was your relationship like with your sister? And he says, oh, great. I love my sister. And he's like, okay. And then he pulls out a photo and goes, but you can do that to her. Why did you do it? I'd like to remain silent on that. And he just keeps doing it. So he'll ask some questions that he will answer and then tries to find out why he did it. And then I'd like to remain silent on that one. That's so peculiar. Somebody should punch you in the mouth, sir. That's Mm. what I think. Anyway. (laughs) Reminds me of Israel Keys. How did you do it? What difference does it make? I did it. They're dead. That's the end of it. Move on. What's Israel Keys? Say what now? What do you do? Ow. Israel Keys. He was a serial killer. Oh. No, you don't. Wow. Maybe not. Noted. Noted. <laughs> but yeah, no. He he basically did the exact same thing. How did you kill her? Um, what does it matter? What does it matter how? You know, I did it. I said I did it. This is where she is. Just drop it. Yeah. I mean, just peculiar. It, it's weird. For years, men has had actually dropped hints at doing these crimes in Discord and game chat. Like, telling people, I'll miss you when I go to jail. And once he even told someone that that he was going to kill his family the next year. And some of those messages were from 2015. So he was definitely thinking about it and planning it and dabbling in it for years. Menhaz was supposed to be Muslim, but he said he didn't want to be tied to any religion. He wanted to be an atheist. He didn't like his parents forcing him to practice his parents' religion. Menhaz was supposed to be Muslim, but he said he didn't want to be tied to any religion. He wanted to be atheist. He didn't like his parents forcing him to practice his parents' religion, but in the interrogation, he said his family was understanding of him not wanting to practice the religion. So things that he said in the Discord and things that he said to police are totally different. Photos confirmed, though, that he didn't dress in any traditional clothes like his family would. He would wear, like, Nike and athletic clothes and, you know, and they would wear, like, their traditional, like, ropes and stuff right. like that. Um, and he did things that, you know, his family didn't do. He just, like, stayed at home and played games and, you know, they would pray and stuff like that. And he didn't always have to partake in that. And he said that they were very understanding of it. So he must have lied in Discord about it or maybe things slowly started changing, but he had his mindset on it. I'm not too sure. 
CTV News reported that prior to the murders, Menhaz's family believed he was studying engineering at York University in Toronto. Instead, he had dropped out after two semesters in an electronics engineering program at Seneca College. According to Toronto Life, on the night of the murders, Menhaz suggested that he acted when he did because the date of his supposed graduation was approaching very quickly. He wrote on Discord, it's been my plan for three years. Literally told my parents my uni graduation was July 28th. I couldn't have delayed it any longer. He reportedly added, I did this because I don't want my parents to feel the shame of having a son like me and, quote, I'm a pathetic coward and a subhuman. Since I'm an atheist, I believe there's no afterlife, so I was scared to die. And I wanted them to die so that they didn't suffer knowing how much of a pathetic subhuman I was. It's all very selfish. I'm just pathetic. He would go to the mall in the gym, I guess, instead of school. And I mean, I think I'm going to go ahead and call bullshit. Um, the hunter, I believe that he committed these murders when he did because he had lied and he didn't want mm-hmm. his parents to find out he lied. But it it had nothing to do with him not wanting to be ashamed of him. He just wanted to be able to continue his lies without without facing any consequences or hearing his parents' judgment about it. Had nothing to do with how pathetic he was or... Through his narcissism, he didn't care if they were alive or dead, and he didn't care if he was in or out of jail. Well, I think he cared that he, he didn't want them... He didn't want them to know how pathetic and subhuman he was. Men has pleaded guilty in September 2020 to three counts of first-degree murder and one count of second-degree murder. He was sentenced in November of that year to life in prison with no parole eligibility for 40 years. During a sentencing hearing in October 2020, he told the court, quote, I would like to just apologize to anyone I have impacted negatively with my actions, especially to the people who knew my family. Friends and loved ones who I know could have never seen something like this from me happening. I am sorry. So, Menhaz's sister's best friend, Afnan Alabakez, told the court, according to CTV News, quote, I never thought I would have to write a victim impact statement for my best friend's murder. I never thought she would be taken away from me like this. I thought the only time I would write a speech for her would be on her wedding day at some point in the future, but I guess that's off the table now. She added, I fear seeing Menhaz. I fear what he may do as a free man. I have panicked several times in public since he committed the murder in fear of seeing him or when I see someone who looks like him. I fear this pain and anxiety will never leave me. Men has said Canadian prisons aren't that bad and he wanted to go to prison. He didn't care what was next for him. So that's kind of what I concluded on this. Like he ended up saying that to Junior, if you remember Junior. He, yeah, his troll buddy. Yeah. What a peach this guy is. Yeah, so he said that in Discord before any of this happened. Like, Canadian prisons ain't that bad. I'll go to Canadian prison. You have it pretty good. One asshole. Yeah, 
And being that he's not like a child killer or like a pedophile or anything, he, I mean, he's probably not going to have that terrible of a life, in my opinion. Totally. Nowhere near punishment enough. Nope. And 40 years until parole is actually considered to be pretty good for Canada. At least yeah, it's, it's pretty 15. stringent for Canada. Yeah, it's a But it's because four. Four consecutive instead of concurrent yeah exactly good Good. exactly but i mean this one is pretty much case closed uh close the book on this one he is in jail that's that if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends if you don't mind giving us a five-star rating it'll help our show grow you can also find us on facebook and youtube at true crime story podcast where the discussion can continue If you wish to contact us, you may do so via email at truecrimestorypod at gmail.com. I'm Bree. And I'm Cheryl. And we'll see you on the next chapter. Bye. Bye.